Hi everyone and welcome back to Give a Damn with Cape. I'm BB. And I'm Miles. Before we begin today, we'd like to preface this episode with a content warning. In this episode, we'll be discussing stalking and stalking-related scenarios. We know that trauma is pervasive, its impact is deep, and its impact shapes the lives of folks in various ways over time. Trauma can lie dormant, and then it can surface in unexpected ways at moments that are also unexpected. If you choose to listen to this week's podcast episode, please ensure that you prioritize self-care and reach out to confidential resources if needed. CAPE's confidential advocacy team can be reached at 541-737-2030 or at survivoradvocacy at oregonstate.edu for email. Thank you for that, Miles, and we're going to kick off this episode with a definition of stalking for you all. It's important that we're all on the same page about what stalking is because it's often portrayed and described to us through a very narrow lens where actual stalking behaviors are even normalized. For us to understand how stalking shows up, we need a comprehensive definition. We've drawn our definition uh, that we're using today from UC Berkeley and the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center, or SPARC. We can understand stalking as a pattern of behavior directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for their safety or the safety of others, or suffer substantial emotional distress. It is a form of targeted violence in which a stalker deliberately and strategically attempts to maintain an unwanted relationship with their target. Stalking is not romantic. It is dangerous, controlling, and traumatic, and it's illegal in all 50 states. Yeah, so now that we have a definition of stalking, let's talk about its nuances and how it shows up in different ways. Um, Let's start with social media. We've all heard someone say, or maybe even said ourselves, I'm going to go stalk their photos, or I was stalking them online and I found this. But stalking, especially on social media, is really normalized all around us, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes it just shows up as us describing, looking at someone's Instagram or TikTok account, and describing it as stalking when really we were just checking out someone's page. Remember that stalking is when someone strategically attempts to maintain an unwanted relationship with their target. So that's not really what you're doing when you go three years back in your friend's post to see the cool restaurant they visited or when someone just watches all your stories. When describing these benign behaviors as stalking, we're starting to desensitize ourselves to what actual stalking behaviors are. So for example, using someone's social media to police their behavior, getting to know their routine or places that they frequent by keeping tabs on their accounts so you can show up where they are, or even making a fake account to to see their page or message someone even after you've been blocked are actual stalking behaviors. In these scenarios, the stalker is using social media to maintain a relationship that's either unwanted or non-consensual. These are serious violating actions that can be downplayed or normalized when using the term stalking or stalker to describe behaviors that don't fall in the definition of stalking. But the thing is, we aren't just exposed to this type of stuff only on social media. It shows up in virtually all forms of media that we consume, like TV shows, movies, books, even music videos. Sometimes this is in less obvious and more covert ways that glorify acts of stalking. The media is really good at creating this illusion that scary and boundary-violating behaviors are romantic and endearing. So here are some examples that you may or may not know. Jonathan Byer in Stranger Things. 
he creeps outside of Nancy's boyfriend's house and takes photos of her. Or Edward Cullen in Twilight. He sneaks into Bella's room at night and watches her sleep and follows her at an inconspicuous distance everywhere she goes in order to quote-unquote protect her. Or if you've seen the animal's music video by Maroon 5, Adam Levine stalks the woman in the video. He tries to follow her without her knowing, takes photos of her, and keeps them in a collection. He watches her inside her home and photographs her and then proceeds to enter her apartment while she's sleeping and continues taking pictures of her. Or if you're familiar with Fifty Shades of Grey, Christian Grey shows up in Anna's room randomly unannounced, totally startling her. He shows up at her work and shows up in Savannah, Georgia when he doesn't get a text back from her. Stalking also shows up through the media in more obvious ways, like the character Joe in the show You. Uh, that show is just literally about a stalker. In the show, Joe is a serial stalker and murderer, and he meets a young woman named Beck through a bookstore that he works at. And as the series go unfolds, he goes from his first in-depth online stalk of Beck to going through her phone, stealing her things, following her, and murdering her loved ones in the name of protecting her. But whether it's covert dosing of painting stalking as deep acts of love or overly attempting to get us to sympathize with the perspective and acts of a stalker, we see some common themes here. The media paints stalking as sexy, romantic acts of love. Almost always, this is why we see the media use perpetrators with traditionally desirable qualities. So like wealth, which is the case in Fifty Shades, and the Cullen family in Twilight, attractiveness, and selling the false idea that these characters stalk because they love the other person so deeply. So with this in mind, let's start talking about how stalking tends to show up in reality. Many but not all media depictions of stalking depict stalking as solely following someone in person, but the reality is that it shows up in a lot of different forms, and oftentimes stalkers will use multiple means to stalk. The most common stalking behaviors on college campuses include 45% are unwanted voice or text messages, 44% are unwanted email or social media messages, 37% are being approached or having the stalker show up when they're not wanted, um, and then and oftentimes the stalking behaviors are shown as being done by people you don't know or people you barely know, but the reality is that the majority of college student survivors are stalked by someone they know, and most stalkers are also students. The most common stalkers are former intimate partners, which that's like 33%, um, closely followed by someone who knows the survivor or recognizes them but is not a friend, which is 31%, then friends, which is 25%, classmates, which is 18%, and current intimate partners, which comes in at 14%. We also want y'all to know that if you or someone you know is currently experiencing or has experienced stalking or other forms of violence, there are resources available to help. So the first one is the CAPE Survivor Advocacy Services. Those are free and confidential, and they are amazing. They can be reached at 541-737-2030 or emailed at survivoradvocacy at oregonstate.edu. An OSU survivor advocate can be reached Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. If you call outside of those business hours, you have a couple of options. You can dial 1 to leave a confidential voicemail or dial 2 
to be connected with a 24-7 confidential advocate through CARDVA. So CARDVA is a really great resource too. They are free and confidential. Their center is physically located in Corvallis, but you can reach out regardless of location if you're in a crisis. Uh, this is because they offer a 24-hour crisis and support line, 24-hour crisis response, and support groups for survivors. You can call them at 541-754-0110. Counseling and Psychological Services, or CAPS, is another OSU resource that offers a variety of services from individual support to identity-based group support. So they can be reached if you're in crisis at 541-737-2131. That crisis line is 24 hours. You can also make an appointment with a CAPS counselor online at counseling.oregonstate.edu or by calling 541-737-2131. The CAPS website has identity-based support groups for students, including but not limited to women of color, survivors of interpersonal violence, and queer folks. You can see a comprehensive list of all of these different groups at counseling.oregonstate.edu as well as the times they're being offered for the term. That's all for this episode, folks. Don't forget to follow CAPE's Instagram at cape underscore OSU for the latest updates and reminders when podcasts go out. Thank you for all joining us and giving a damn. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. A production of Oregon State University Student Health Services.